0: welcome to another weekly episode of On Repeat, the musical podcast about musical minds with me, Hattie Winter. And me, Ellie Rashid.
1: brainchild and that is the wonderful Pseudo. so that's his band that he created with the one and only francis divine
0: since moving to london in 2016 kieran has become an active national and international artist and currently practices music through its engineering production coding composition and performance so many many things that we're going to be talking about today
1: he actually works in his studio in hither green which i have been to Hattie. it is it is really, really cool. Mm. Love it. And um, in that same studio, he has engineered recordings for The Private View, Rudy Creswick, Ericsson Canna, and loads of other people. <laughs>
0: That's amazing. Um, he's also toured throughout the UK and Europe, obviously before lockdown, but he's done that in support of the likes of King crawl and Moses Boyd, who are two fantastic artists that we love here on, on repeat, and has also featured on radio and online platforms such as BBC Radio One, Six Music and Boiler Room.
1: He's been working for years on Sudo, so he's got lots of really interesting materials and the band have quite a distinctive sound actually. So we're mm. going to be talking about how the collective comes together to create that sound and to even go about writing Definitely. a song. So actually there is, uh, the song is in the background called Common Market and I love it. It's very distinctive, it's striking. It's not like a lot of things that you'd normally hear. So we love that here, we love it. So do sit
0: back, relax and keep it on repeat with Sudo and review us on Apple if that's what you're listening on.
1: Absolutely. So hope you enjoy this podcast.
2: I was confused before I came to London and I was confused while I was in London and I'm still confused now if I'm perfectly honest. <laughs> like i've i thought i thought i played jazz for a few years i thought that's what i was doing but then as time went on i realized that's not what the music i was playing is, was at all so yeah i mean you know did i feel like I had, I had much of an identity yeah i felt like i was pretty my identity was quite solidified as like a confused breath to be honest
1: i think the more you learn maybe the more you realize you kind of don't know or like you say you're you are kind of confused about it but I'm interested that you thought that you were playing quite a lot of jazz before uni was that was Mm. you say like free improv stuff was that based around standards or was that like original were you writing
2: (laughs) no no I, I I to this day can't play a single standard from memory you know and 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 this is the thing I mean like I guess I guess the, the distinction is is maybe to like say like jazz is one thing and swing is another I don't really know because I when I came to London I you know I'd go to like a jazz jam every now and now and then as a bystander um a lot of the time I wouldn't really like the music and I certainly couldn't play it and it certainly sounded nothing like anything I was doing at the time or anything I wanted to do anytime soon so that's where I just kind of sort of slowly started to realize I guess that you know that was one thing and I was doing another and maybe like calling thinking that I'm playing jazz is is actually counterproductive there is a point to it for me which is like yeah hashtag not jazz not jazz not jazz but the reason I'm doing that is because in the same Instagram post I feel so obliged in many ways to write hashtag jazz hashtag London jazz (laughs) you know and I don't I don't hashtag that much right but the thing is is like I'm here in you know London today, trying to get band off the ground, for example, you know Sulo's Sulo's a very new band in terms of the public sphere, not in terms of how long I've been working on it, um, or we've been working on it, I should say, but um, but you know to get this band off the off the ground, you know the people I'm talking to about gigs and like the friends of mine that I have sort of in the industry in London, it's all around the London jazz scene, mm. and that's something which I I have to play off of as well. So that's another thing that comes into like this whole genre conversation it's just like who are my friends what kind of connections do I have and Sudo first gig was at runners as well
1: Tell us a bit about the evolution of pseudo.
2: then Long story short uh, I'm in London for about eight months I start the band uh, now I should say that the band nowadays is like completely a jointly owned jointly ran Product, uh, project by me and Fran mm.
1: so we Francis do as much Divine. as each other that's Francis Divine, yeah Francis
2: yeah. Divine, the man the <laughs> um, uh, but I didn't start he wasn't in the band when I started it I mean is it the same band uh, who knows <laughs> that's a whole other thing but yeah so um, I started the band in first year when was at the end of my first year and it was double bass it was me on guitar it was an alto sax player and drummer Um, Still all the same people in the band, so my mate Joe, Joe Elliott on the alto sax, Michael Shrimplin on the double bass, and Jack Robson on the drums. And so I was originally trying to go for a jazz band, but not one with a keyboard player because Cheska had a keyboard player, and I was trying to sort of assume some of those roles, you know. like in Chesky, I'm basically a, a sax player. You know, I don't really, I don't do any comping. I mean, I'm shit at comping anyways, but I don't do any of that stuff. I sort of play heads, play noises, go home. Um, so yeah, I was trying to do something a bit different with the music as a whole, the band as a whole, and also in terms of like what role I was assuming as as a guitarist. <laughs> a couple months down the line, it really hits hard to me how shit I am at playing chords <laughs> and comping. <laughs> and um you know, uh, and and you know, I was becoming quite good mates with Fran, and I really liked some of the music he was writing, so got him involved. And then he was sort of going down the same road. And this is kind of where it gets interesting, I guess, because well, back to the genre thing is is because he was um, writing jazz styled or jazz sort of geared type music, and and we were both quite into the idea of you know having sort of double bass and sax in a band and everything like that, and um. So we started working with that band. We had very like uh, dispersed rehearsal schedule. Like We really didn't get much done <laughs> for a long time. A lot of time working out what it was we were writing, sort of consolidating mine and Fran's compositions and reworking things that he'd done, things that I'd done um, previously, as well as writing some music together. And then, you know, as time went on, it, you know, slowly morphed in terms of like, you know, we, again, it's like, OK, well, hang on. are we? Do we actually want to play jazz? Is this actually what we're doing? And then, you know, our bass player was like, I think I should play electric bass in this band. And we were like, all right, OK, yeah, interesting. Yeah, a bit tentative at first. Like, OK, it's not really what we envisaged. But OK. Um, so he brings his electric bass to a rehearsal one time. And the first thing he does is he gets a fucking pick out. Like a guitar pick, right? So it's not just like one sort of degree away from jazz now. It's two degrees away from jazz because it's not just an electric bass. You know, he's got a solid four string bass and he's playing it with a pick right at the back of the bridge. Right, so it's twang. It's big old twang. Dang dang dong dong dong, and um, and it it banged. It was just it it just added this like it it just really started to like move the band towards a, like a, a more of a prog rock thing. You know, and it became. You know a case of like okay so like instead of playing these tunes in sort of their original like intricate um uh, like construction kind of um uh, stripping things away straight like stripping out some of the complexities and sort of longing out some of the the material and just basically making simpler music and focusing more about focusing more on like yeah just just the groove, just the like the wall of sound that you can create as a kind of rock band type thing. And um, yeah. And then so that just sort of went, you know, from like intricate jazz music with all these like phasing things and all of this like more like complex stuff, which I was really into, Fran was really into and it's like why we started writing to like more of a a group project where we were just trying to create um, the most sort of, bare bones like prog rock type thing but still had all of the kind of like more like emotional complexity to the music rather than sort of like actual uh rhythmic or or harmonic complexity essentially and the other part of your question in terms of what it's got to do with goldsmith absolutely nothing <laughs> absolutely nothing what i spent my time at goldsmiths doing was like almost completely unrelated to every like part of like playing the guitar or playing live music uh that i did um i was doing i had my mind elsewhere when i was doing anything related to goldsmiths my my head was in the clouds uh and and in terms of studying and learning new things and delving into like programming and academia and stuff and 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 everything about cheska and pseudo and you know the other projects i do was literally just just turned more in Less from like writing music that I really like thought was clever and cool and just writing music that I knew was going to like actually convey something sort of more meaningful and would be more accessible as well. Like I'm really into the idea sort of in, in like a really like straightforward way of putting it. I'm really into the idea of complicated music in a sense, but, you know, that always has an underlying pulse. It has like it's basically 4-4. Like I like writing things that go over a backbeat. I don't like writing things that into like that morph a backbeat into like shorter beats and longer beats and complicated time signatures and stuff like that. I couldn't care less about that. Um, I really like backbeats and cool things that go on top like, rhythmically. Rhythmic you know. Uh, uh, I love when you're speaking
1: about you and francis as well working together and sounds like you both sort of take your quite unique composition styles and morph them together in in a way and i like i know francis particularly has quite a unique composition style as well because yeah. we were yeah he's a bad boy occasionally are still in a band together <laughs> so um i mean I'm just thinking though if you're I'm trying to imagine you all in rehearsal and with you having these ideas and him having these ideas, how do you glue them together with the band? Do you kind of like do you jam on something, see if it works, see if it doesn't work do you how 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 does that work
2: uh okay, how does it work? um we don't write as a band um mm. very much uh again. <laughs> Maybe this is what makes it jazz, and this is why it's okay. I can hashtag sort of jazz music on posts. It's because I bring a chart, it's written out, it's got chords, it's got the sections, you know. So it doesn't come about in that sort of uh, uh, typically organic sense. Although there are a couple of tunes that have happened that way. Um, the majority of it has happened with me and Fran working, uh, just the two of us. Um, and before, we moved into the house that we have now. We didn't have a drum kit, um, or the space to play one, I should say, loudly and at all hours. Now we live on the corner of the street. Uh, our our writing process changed, and uh, in a way that really benefited the kind of music that we were trying to create, which was, you know, which is essentially <laughs> rhythmic music, I would say. And um, and so you know, whereas before it would be a lot of the time me with the guitar and Fran on the keys and looking at um, usually something that he would write, he would oh, usually start things. Um, certainly the tunes that we've written more recently have all been something that he started. And um, and I, he will like show me a little Sibelius project uh, where he's written down something that he's uh, come up with on the piano. And it will be some quite complicated interlocking rhythmic thing. And I will look at it and be like, all right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't like that. Don't like that. Don't like that. But that four bars there on the left hand are sick. Uh, let's just put a backbeat under that, for example. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then reworking this bit over here. So um, he, it, it, this is just how it's turned out in in a sense. It's not always like, <laughs> I think that mm-hmm. section's trash because he comes up with, you know, obviously the majority of stuff he comes up with is, you know, incredible, but um uh, yeah, like it, it, it's recently been. He's the sort of stimulus, and I come in as like a more of a control freak, and um, and we have different tastes as well. We have very different tastes um, in music, and and it does overlap in like a lot of the, the 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 more sort of jazz type music we listen to and and stuff like that. But like like I, I'm a big metal head from from day one, you know. And and so I love a wall of sound and I love a backbeat. Uh and I really like bold moves and Fran's a lot more of a subtle composer, I would say. So, you know, like he he would um I mean the best example I can give this might be the worst idea I've ever had because I'm not plugged into an amp or anything, but I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna give you an example. This is a riff that Fran wrote. Yeah, I think I can remember it because it's one of our tunes. so I should be able to. So it goes like this. It goes. Yeah, can you hear that? Yeah, so that's something Fran wrote, write, okay. Um and then my contribution to that section was this. right <laughs> that basically sums up how we write tune.
1: would you
0: ever have any vocals in cd yeah i was gonna say would you ever write lyrics you
2: mm. no <laughs> um, and and you know that that's 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 not a shutdown to singers and lyrics in general by any means, although I have primarily been a writer of instrumental music. Uh, I love working with singers a lot, but with pseudo, the answer is no. And it's really simple. It's just because, you know, it, the band's been sort of two years in the making and, and it's, we've got, we've, we have not quite there yet. We're still working on a couple of things, but our identity is coming together with that particular group of people, um, with that, um, particular sound and the compositions and everything and obviously it will change i hope it does change because you know no band wants to stagnate like metallica did um (laughs) but um but certainly yeah i mean unless one of the guys you know wanted to sing and like really had something going for it then yeah we could do a single but i doubt a whole set would ever come together
1: as a singer like i've thought about um instrumental music versus singing basically with a band and how you can sort of use your voice as an instrument, which it is, but in a more kind of instrumental way, rather than fronting a band in a sense. Can you see pseudo ever kind of doing anything like that, using vocals maybe with no lyrics, but as a kind of an extra sort of effect almost, like, like, I don't know, something, another instrument would be doing a sort of substitute
2: I can't see it, no. <laughs> I mean, like a feature's a feature and like if something cool is going to happen and if it comes about organically, like I'll always do it. I'm never going to shut it down. Talking about singers as instruments and stuff, you know, like in, in the sense of just doing instrumental music, but with a voice, because that, that is still instrumental music by all means. I, I, I would certainly just define it by music that, um, music that, you know, even if it doesn't have sort of acoustic instruments in, if there's no lyrical content, uh, in I would say it's instrumental music yeah. yeah
0: I mean I do kind of agree I work um, a, lot of, a lot of times on like the production side of music so it is all the parts without the lyrics yet and I just think that I think 90% of the time it can be hard to kind of hear a message but you do get those songs and you're like I get what they're trying to convey but I can't really explain why I feel that way or or what it is about that certain song that makes me feel that way. Where else do you draw your influences from and how much do you think it like bleeds into what you make or or does it
2: not? Well, Mexico is a really interesting band for me because they're extremely like they've got a lot of rhythmic content they'd like to flip the beat a lot and it's really like really powerful wall of sound but their music is always in four there's always a structure of four underneath uh and I really like that and then building on that you know when I was getting older I really I'm really drawn to music that is um written such that it's you know it's complex in many ways and I don't uh look for complexity as like a token thing. Um It just mean, I just mean, I don't really know if I can explain what I mean by it, but there's certainly something about certain types of music, which I find really grabbing uh. as a listener. And if it's done in such a way, which I think that um, <laughs> hasn't like hindered the, like the simplicity of music, you know, like music that's complex if you look into it, but at the end of the day, it's got a backbeat and it's really, Um, sort of it's more like accessible you know it's not um I don't like a lot of alienating music although obviously (laughs) I've got the patience for a lot of weird stuff uh but yeah so um quickly then uh I've listened to a lot of music I don't know where to start but um yeah metal was a big one I started listening to jazz and it was like you know the stuff that got me into jazz was like Christian Scott I'd say was a big one and that's pretty like standard you know trumpet player and backing Um, probably my favourite musician to this day, still a guy called Tim Byrne and also (laughs) a partner of crime of his, called David Torn, who's a guitarist. Tim Byrne's a sax player. That's, um, you know, quite free music. Um, It's quite intense. But again, I really like the form of it. It's often very intense for six minutes and then the last 30 seconds of the tune are a very, like, well interwoven, um, like... uh, what should I say, like composed thing, you know, so it'll be like free for 13 minutes, probably. And then the last 30 seconds, it'll get really loud. And then it'll hit hard like this one, like really intricately written piece of music in mm-hmm. that last like for absolutely no time at all. And you're just left at the end of every like yeah. You just don't hear it coming. So that's great. But I, you know, I like, I like a lot of music. I've been listening to a lot of drill recently. <laughs> um, uh, I really like drill. I really like music that takes me out of the space of thinking about music in terms of its sound and more in terms of its culture and where it comes from. I really like drill at the moment because I just get, you know, I I just find it so real. It's just more real. Like, jazz is so up in the, like, contemporary music is so up in the clouds at the moment. And I'm aware that in my music, like, I know I'm well up in the clouds (laughs) a lot of the time. Um, So I like other things to bring me back down to earth a little bit, you know. Know, thinking yeah. about drill and thinking about London and thinking about, you know, the, that kind of, what would you say, like cultural, societal phenomena that it is, you know, because it's it's like hip hop, you know, it's almost it's it's like it's, it's like at the end of the day, if the world was set straight, like it just really should have never happened in many ways.
1: Interested to know where you got the name Pseudo?
2: Basically, we, we had a few things pop up. Um, sudo basically is, um, it stands or it quite stand for it, it means super user. Uh, it's a computer terminology. If you log in as a super user, which you would do in your sort of terminal or your command prompt, it's like the system administrator. So you have an administrative account on your computer, um, but then sort of beyond that is the system account and that's what the super user is. So if you type in sudo, on the terminal and then the commands you want to carry out it will ask you for your password and then you can do you know you can hit the self-destruct button if you wanted um so there's i mean there, there's not much um there's not much uh to do with the term that i think you know we sort of grabbed onto as a band it was definitely one of those sick like actually yeah we can get on board with that one let's just cut our losses and run with it uh but um but this, but yeah, it, it has a meaning outside of that. It is really like a, it's like a beyond the system administrator thing. What's next is, uh, well, you know, I'm I'm still working it out. Uh, you know, because as as much as you know, a lot of life will slowly phase in to normal. And I imagine, um, obviously, things like gigs um and you know clubs and everything is, is they they're a bit different, you know, gatherings of people, festivals and all of that. Um and a lot of venues as well are probably going to be struggling financially. Um we'll have to see what kind of how sort of what kind of communism the Tories can sort of stomach. But the the so you know yeah there's a lot of uncertainty about you know that kind of live performance and stuff and it's a shame at the you know for me especially because um you know I just really started getting pseudo back like pseudo on track and and my other band Cheska are um we're very much like on the brink or we we're, we're on the brink of uh, sort of reestablishing ourselves as a band you know like I said we haven't played for a long time done much so um I was planning to be you know getting those projects out into the open and doing a lot more shows. Uh, in you know for this year and next year as well obviously I had a lot of things cancelled that I had in the pipeline Um so there'll be some rescheduling going on I'm sure but other than that you know it's going to try and work hard on the all of the marketing I hate doing but you know I've got to be done got to make those EPKs and whatnot and sending them out and just trying to book tours in advance and you know so I'm, I'm going to be looking at trying to like get some a good you know, chunk of dates down for 2021 and um, hoping that people will entertain the idea that they might stay open for business, you know, through to that time. And, but other than that, both bands, you know, we've been recording music already and and I'm just sitting here waiting for other people to do their parts, you know, in their own home. <laughs> and when it comes back to me, I will do my parts and <laughs> and then we'll get it moving. So, We recorded stuff is fine, like... You know, we can't hang out while we do it, but uh, we can press on with that, nonetheless.
1: Nice. Oh, that's wicked. This has been such a great conversation. I've really, really enjoyed Let's it. See. It's been fun. Thank you so no, much. No, it's
2: a pleasure. Thank you for having me.
0: Big thank you to Kieran. Thank you so much for taking time out and speaking to us. Ellie and I both learned so much. It was a, a really, really informative interview about everything that Sudo does and how, how to create, which is just
1: mad. It's so nice to hear the different ways in which people create. And also, this was a great lockdown interview, another lockdown interview. Um, everybody sitting, talking to each other on their laptops. And uh, yeah, hopefully, hopefully we'll get to see Sudo in real life <laughs> but in the meantime if you want to keep up to date with kieran you can follow his main bands on instagram so you can follow cheska and pseudo mm-hmm. and cheska you can follow at cheska underscore trio cheska spelled c-e-s-c-a and of course the wonderful pseudo that's at pseudo
0: underscore music yep yeah, we'll have all the links in the show notes thanks for listening thank you so much Woo! bye
1: we hope you've enjoyed the episode and want to keep us on repeat You can follow, subscribe and like us on your podcast platform of choice and slide into our DMs on Instagram by following us at onrepeatthepodcast. All information will be included in the show notes. On Repeat was made, produced and edited by us
0: and the theme music is an original piece by Ellie's jazz band, Fujiyama and wonderfully resampled by Dee, the producer for the podcast. All of our guests give us permission to use their music. Thanks again for listening and don't forget to keep it on repeat.